Yeah, I'm thinking he went to the Lizzie McGuire uh, school of accents to pick this one up. (laughs) Yikes. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. We are back and... In in real time, in real mm-hmm. space, this is a double recording week. Absolutely it is. We just recorded our Patreon episode the day before yesterday. Very exciting. Yeah, now we're back for our first episode of our new theme month. August down the aisle. Insert, you know, chiming wedding bells here. We floated the idea, I think, in our 27 Dresses episode where we were like, guys, should we do a wedding theme month? And uh, the response was truly incredible. So we were like, well, we must do this. And our next available month to do a theme was August. So this has been on the books since like February, March. Pretty early on, I would say, like kind of like we're like, oh, well, we don't know what we're going to do immediately, but certainly Mm -hmm. we'll have a wedding (laughs) theme month in August. And there are five Wednesdays in August, so we really got to choose a lot of great movies. And then one movie will be voted on by you. Absolutely. We're super excited. We have a great lineup. Um, We're just going to be talking weddings all month long. Yes. I was like, we need to get the men on the pod (laughs) and pick their brains but, you know, we'll do that another time. Yeah, yeah. No pressure on my my new relationship. Let's talk yeah. weddings. No, that's <laughs> is so irrelevant. Yeah. yeah. Let's make sure Matt knows who your friends are. <laughs> well, he does know. Speaking of, he does know that our friend group, we have a PowerPoint presentation with everybody's ring preferences in it. Mm-hmm. So should a suitor want to, you know, propose to one of us, There is a PowerPoint with said lady's ring preferences and proposal preferences, too. So he's aware of that. And I was like, you just let Mo know when you want to see the presentation. (laughs) Can you tell that we're all type A people? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I know like the exact ring that I want, but if it's not that one, like a similar vibe. Yeah. I know that Phil has... A ring that's been in his family. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we add diamonds. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. I really haven't seen it, so I really mm-hmm. can't say. But <laughs> yeah, I know Phil's cousin recently got engaged and his fiance actually had like a family diamond, mm. I believe. So like he had it set. Oh, nice. Yeah. I saw the ring. I was like, okay, okay, <laughs> family. Di-. Like it was really, really nice. Wow. So good for them. Yeah. My family doesn't have a diamond, I don't believe. I actually don't even know, like, what happened to my grandmother on my dad's side ring, if that went to anyone, or if she still has Mm -hmm. it. I don't know. I know that my my aunt and her daughter both wore my grandmother's wedding dress. Okay. I have my mother's suit, skirt, Mm. um, like, jacket and skirt that she wore when she and my father got married. Um, It was just, like, a courthouse situation. But it's super pretty. Like, I think it looks really timeless and cute. It is beautiful. Oh, thank you. So I definitely want to wear that Yeah. either as a dress or as, like, a reception fit. Mm -hmm. I was definitely thinking about you and your mother's suit while we were – well, I was watching this movie because of, like, the courthouse wedding and that whole look. And I'm like, this kind of look is something that I feel like Mo 
would look amazing in. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I really liked her look. I was like, mm-hmm. it's so simple and Beautiful. gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Jennifer Affleck. Yeah. Oh my God. True. <laughs> is actually just so beautiful. Like she's gorgeous. So mm-hmm. yeah. I guess on that note, we should start talking about today's movie. <laughs> yes. So today we are doing 2001's classic, The Wedding Planner. Yes. A little Jennifer Lopez Affleck, a little Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Mm-hmm. Let's talk numbers, baby. $35 million budget, $95 million in the box office. Pretty good, I think. That's pretty, pretty good. Yeah. It opened at number one in the box office mm-hmm. on Super Bowl weekend. Pretty bold choice. Yeah. But I guess like not to generalize, but a lot of the people who are watching rom-coms are maybe not also watching the Super Bowl. Yeah. Also, the Super Bowl's on Sunday. So yeah. So, like, you have Friday, Saturday. Friday, but... Saturday, date night. Yeah. Totally. And uh, the J-Lo album that was out at this time also reached the number one spot in the Billboard 200 the same week. I did notice that the credit song is um, yeah. Love Don't Cost a Thing. It's like, clever, clever. And... <laughs> Yeah, the critics were pretty much like, this wasn't a great movie. Mm-hmm. It was pretty lowly rated, and J-Lo was actually nominated for a Razzie for Worst Actress. I don't think she was that bad. I didn't think she was that yeah, bad. Yeah, I've definitely seen way worse performances, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But, like, she did what she had to do. She got it done. I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Miss Judy Greer is playing what she does so well. The, the best friend. Best friend, yeah. <laughs> Give Judy Greer a leading role. That's all I ask. Didn't we see a top that said that? It was like a super yucky shirt. I have it. I, it was given to me by Monica for my birthday. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I want one, too, because it's so true. I was like, give the woman a lead. Yeah. Initially, Jennifer Love Hewitt and Brendan Fraser were cast so oh, hot. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would have literally – I mean, if you listened to last week's episode, you know how I feel about Brendan Fraser. Yeah. So I would have died to see him in this movie. <laughs> For sure. Oh, my goodness. And I feel like Jennifer Love Hewitt, I don't really know how I feel about her acting performances, but mm. she does get cast in a lot of, like, Hallmark movies where there's, like, an inn and she has to save it and, you know, she goes back yeah. to her hometown, that whole situation. Um, they also – so, like, that was the original casting. Then they got replaced with Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince Jr. Wild. I know. That would have been – the tension would have been palpable. But, yeah, they also dropped out because of scheduling conflicts. And then I also saw that Minnie Driver was tapped to play Mary. Oh and I God. was like, I don't know if that one's true because the other castings <laughs> seem, like, yeah, yeah purposeful. But, um, yeah. Pretty wild. Although now that I think about it, I don't think I would want to see Brendan Fraser as Steve because Mm -hmm. he's kind of a dick. So I don't really want to see Brendan in that role. (laughs) Yeah, you're really not a Steve fan. I'm not. I feel like I liked him growing up. And like, obviously, he's charming and everything because Matthew McConaughey is charming. Yeah. But I'm like, you're cheating on your fiance and also like leading her on like if you know you don't want to get married don't get married that's fine yeah i have some opinions of but i'll i'll get into them as we go through Mm -hmm. 
But before we do, shall we do a couple of reviews? Let's. So our first review is from L- Lover Mai, potentially. Lover Mai. Lover Mai. Uh, thank you so much for your review. Because you mentioned that uh, our podcast is like pasta and midday naps, which is high praise. Love. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We decided on the song Sunday Morning by Maroon 5. And I think we're traveling with this montage. And we are waking up. Where are we waking up? Rome. We're in Italy. Oh, Rome. (laughs) Who, me? Yeah, I'm in Rome. Rome, yeah. You wake up in this, like, beautiful apartment that you're renting maybe for the summer. The sun is streaming in. It's, like, midday. It's a, it's before like nap time. So we're we're just before nap time. It's time to go to lunch. You ha- you put on like a cute outfit. You head downstairs. You go to the local restaurant that's like next to your apartment. You get yourself like a little glass of wine. You get yourself some bread, some a little appetizer, your pasta. Yum. It is delicious and you're feeling just like so comforted and full of joy from this like delicious meal and you're like oh before i go for my nap i need something just a little something sweet something to really just top it all off (laughs) so you go to like a bakery down the street maybe you get some tiramisu i don't know whatever your dessert of choice is i'm a tiramisu gal personally so that would be Mm -hmm. my pick um you have your little sweet treat you take a little walk before heading back upstairs to your apartment for that beautiful little nap in the afternoon Amazing. I want to be in that montage. Mm, me too. Next up, we have Carly Keen. Um, we could not find your Instagram. I was so, I was like, <laughs> we're going to find it and we didn't. We found some Carly Keens, but we don't know if they're you. So, yeah, exactly. We gave you Baby Baby by Amy Grant. So, I picture this like a really upbeat fun song. You mentioned that you go on hot girl walks and we love hot girl walks, you know? Oh yeah. Some of us are runners. Some of us like running and walking, but I got to say a nice hot girl walk Mm -hmm. really refreshes my day. Like you don't have to put in necessarily the like gravitas of working out. You're just like, I'm Mm going to go on a hot girl walk. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I don't have to immediately shower afterwards. Love it. Yeah. (laughs) I picture you just going on a hot girl walk in your neighborhood and you kind of go out like stunting with some really cute sneakers maybe you're in like your favorite top um a little skirt moment who knows and you're just walking along maybe you spot someone you know you have like a really cool pair of sunglasses on and you have an audiobook playing, mm. maybe your favorite tunes, and you kind of just pass by. Maybe you pick up a coffee, maybe you stop in a plant store, you peruse, do a little window shopping, and you're just feeling like a badass. You're feeling like very confident. It's a moment where you have a lot of peace, and we can just see in your face like you're at ease. Mm, I love that. And our last review for today is from Millie97. Thank you so much for your review. And we picked the song 
The Great Escape by Boys Like Girls. I personally mm-hmm. was obsessed with this song back in the day. <laughs> and what I'm feeling for this montage is like, you know, when you're sitting in your room, and you're just kind of looking around and you're like, I need a change. Like something has got to shake this up. So you decide to yeah. rearrange your entire room, which is something that I also have done many a time. You're moving the furniture around. You're taking stuff off the walls. You're you're moving your plants. You're moving your art. You finally get to a place where you're like, yes, this feels like the right orientation. You set everything up. And afterwards, you just lay in your bed and you feel like really calm because you finally feel like comfortable in your space. You have something that's a little bit different. And maybe that translates into greater themes in your life. Maybe you're feeling restless. You're looking for a change. This is your sign. I love that. I recently felt that sense of peace when I organized my closet. Mm, and I, oh, after it was best. done, I was just like, wow. I can take on the world. <laughs> yeah. I'm a new person. <laughs> so thank you guys for your reviews. These were so thoughtful. Yeah. Um, it just makes us feel so good. Yes. We're very grateful. We have no offense to other podcasts, but we have the best listeners in the world. So, yeah. No shade, but um, Sleepover Squad beats everyone. Yeah. And yeah. everyone else sucks. <laughs> yeah. No, no shade. No. We're beefing uh, with every yeah. single podcast <laughs> in the world. <laughs> yeah. No, just two. You know who you are. so if you would like a uh, little montage shout out feel free to leave us a little five star written review on apple podcasts and we will get to you in a future episode we're in mid-june so we're catching up we're almost yeah almost caught up so yeah and before we dive in we just want to remind you that our Patreon movie episode came out today. Yes, we covered Easy A. It really won the vote. I was like, mm-hmm. you guys mm-hmm. really wanted to hear this. So we did it. And we talked so long <laughs> for a 90-minute movie. Yeah, we shared a lot of our own stories, went on a ton of tangents, but that's what you're paying for. About Penn Badgley. Oh, we talked at length about Penn Badgley. So mm-hmm. if you want to hear us talk about EZA, all you have to do is join our Patreon. It is five US dollars a month. You get a ton of fun perks like a voted on bonus episode every month. You can join our Discord. You'll be on our close friends on Instagram. And we will also give you a montage song. So definitely check it out. Yes. And the Discord is popping. Oh, yeah. Like people chat. I love the Discord. It's super fun. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, hopefully we'll see you there. So the opening of the film, we have this whole little montage of a young girl playing with her dolls, her Barbie, her Ken, and she set up a little wedding scene. She also has like various vendors there. Like there's a photographer, (laughs) all the people running the wedding and, uh, Yeah, we see her marry her dolls, a young Mary Fiore, and then we cut to 
present day, 2001, mm-hmm. J-Lo, a.k.a. Mary, is talking to a bride before her wedding. You may recognize this bride from Just My Luck. She's one of the best friends. And this bride is, like, freaking out. She's super insecure. And Mary is like, oh, my God, when I did Whitney Houston's wedding, she was way more nervous than you. And, like, you look ten times better than her. And the bride is like, I look fat. I can't do this. And Mary is like, listen, you are making the right choice because you have the love of a man named Insert his name here. (laughs) Yeah, whatever his name is. A man who the other day told me, I can't believe she picked me. I'm marrying the most beautiful woman I've ever met. And this like totally melts the bride's heart. Mm -hmm. And Mary's like, which tells me that this marriage is not only going to work, but it's going to last forever. The bride is like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. And Mary, just like calm, cool, collected, is walking through this venue, fixing problems left and right. Oh, yeah. She has her like little headset in to confer with her staff. They move like a woman with a very tall hairstyle out of the frame, out of like the camera frame. (laughs) They're looking for the father of the bride. They can't find him. She's like, I need a 20 on the FOB. So (laughs) she ends up like, Sending her assistant Penny, Judy Greer, to stall while she goes to look for the FOB, and she finds him crying drunk on the stairs, being like, my little girl's getting married. (laughs) So she lifts up her shirt to reveal this little, like, I don't even know what it is. It's like a a tool belt. Yeah, essentially a tool belt with like various products. She pulls out an Evian spray, spritzes him with it. She pulls out some pills for him. He's like, who are you? And she goes, I'm the wedding planner. Ooh. Ooh. So she gets the FOB to the aisle, walk down the aisle. And for some reason, like, these guests at the wedding turn to like look up at the upper level of the church and they're like, look, it's the wedding planner. I'm like, in what world is <laughs> as the ceremony? Oh my happened, God. There's the wedding planner. I, I get the sense that she's like a much sought after wedding planner. Yeah, that she's like famous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like our friends would totally do that. Look, like it's Monica the wedding would be planner. like, that's her. Yeah. <laughs> And the other guest is like, wow, she must lead such a romantic life. Cut to that evening. Mary goes home. She has like a TV dinner. She watches her show. She vacuums her like, um, I forget what it's called. It's not the blinds, but it's like the little ledge Mm, above a window. Yeah, the windowsill. Yeah, 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 exactly. And she folds her laundry and goes to sleep alone. Okay, I was like... Are we supposed to feel sad? Like, is this supposed to be the most devastating thing? Because this looks like a wonderful evening. I was like, (laughs) she's having a blast. Like, this seems great. I was like, oh, my God, she's folding the the laundry so crisply. I was like, does she have a laundry in unit? That's like my dream. Yeah, I'm like, you have this beautiful apartment. She has her little takeout. She's watching her antique roadshow. This seems like a lovely evening. I don't feel depressed at all watching this. Me neither. (laughs) So the next day, Mary um, meets up with her father at this, like, I thought it was an old folks home, but I think it was. So did I. Yeah. I think it's actually just 
where they meet for their like Scrabble club. Mm-hmm. And her father is like, I found a man who has agreed to marry you, Massimo Linzetta. <laughs> and in the, which did I write that or did you write that? This I think I wrote you, that. Yeah. I was like, OMG, they're pretending she is Sicilian. Mm-hmm. I'm like, She's so clearly Hispanic. Mm -hmm. They're like, yeah, she's Italian. Sure. I mean, like, uh, whatever. What bothers me more is that the actor who plays her father has, like, the worst Italian accent I've ever heard. Yeah, I'm thinking he went to the Lizzie McGuire uh, school of accents to pick this one up. (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) So she makes a joke about finally finding a man, and her father is like, no, like, he's here and brings him over. And Massimo tells Mary that she looks good. And the last time they saw each other, her head was too big for her body. So, like, the background is they knew each other from when they were younger, like, in Italy. He's Italian. And this is, like, the first time they're seeing each other in years. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I look forward to our life together. And Mary leaves. Uh, For fellow Grey's Anatomy fans out there... Massimo is played by Justin Chambers, a.k.a. Dr. Alex Karev. So I always have, like, a little bit of a bias towards Massimo because, like, I love Mm -hmm. Alex Karev. So, I mean, spoiler alert for the rest of the episode, I'm picking Massimo if I'm in this (laughs) situation. (laughs) He doesn't start out great, but he finds his way. Yeah. He doesn't look as hot as he does in Grey's Anatomy. Like, they make him look kind of, like, foolish and, like, all over the place. Yeah, he looks very young and, like, boyish in this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the facial hair is is key for him. So the next day, Mary is on her way to work. She picks up the paper and also a Yahoo magazine, which I did not know. I didn't know that existed. Was a thing. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm kind of skeptical if it does or if it's just yeah. for this movie. Um, but yeah, she picks up a Yahoo magazine. She goes into the office. She has like all these people asking her how to solve various problems. She is definitely like the best wedding planner in the company. That's like what mm-hmm. they're showing us. So she goes into her boss, Jerry, a.k.a. Kathy Najimi's office in like a very jarring blonde wig. Yeah, I was like yeah. – is that Kathy Najimi? And then I Googled it and I was like, that's Kathy Najimi. Yeah. yeah. Wild. So she's like, slams the Yahoo magazine on her desk. And she's like, Francine Donnelly. Her family sold gourmet sausages out of a working class kitchen. And now, five years later, they're one of the biggest internet food specialty companies in America. Francine's wedding announcement, it was in the society pages because her family want to show people that they should take their new money seriously. They, they're trying to like cement a standing in mm-hmm. society. So that's when they come across this bride who like botched her at home tanning situation. Ugh. And Mary is like, don't worry about it. One cup of lemon juice, one cup of whatever. Scrub, like scrub, scrub. baking soda. Yeah. Yeah. Scrub away. Scrub, scrub, scrub. So she's basically talking to Jerry about this account. She's like, you know, if we get this, we'll be in every major wedding magazine in the country. And if I pull it off, you're going to make me partner. And Jerry is like, partner? 
little lady, I built this business on my back. I did unspeakable things. I'm like, what did you do <laughs> to get this done? I know. And Mary's like, yeah, and you also never made any money until I came along, which Ooh. is bold. <laughs> but Make a drop. Yeah, she's like going for it. She's not pulling any punches. She's not really like the kind of more meek, like tropey rom-com yeah. like, lead that we see often. She's very like to the point. Mm-hmm. So she basically says that she makes more money than all of her other wedding planners combined. And Jerry's like, I mean, yeah, that's great, but I'm not giving you partner. And Mary's like, okay, fine. Maybe I'll start my own company then. I wonder what font I should use. And then Jerry's like, okay, fine. <laughs> if you get the account, I'll make you partner. Cut to Mary talking to Penny, a.k.a. Judy Greer, about becoming partner after she lands the Francine account. And Penny's like, oh, your potential husband is in the lobby. And Mary's like, oh, my God. (laughs) When we were kids, he followed me around the whole summer asking me if I had a vagina. So instead of talking to him, she, like, hides behind this wardrobe rack that Penny pushes through the lobby so she can leave without him seeing her. Yeah. There's also a little moment where um, one of the coworkers comes up and is like, oh, this couple's getting divorced. Mary, you won the bet because she's able to predict, like, down to the week oh, yeah. how long a marriage will last. And Penny's like, damn, I was off by four years. How do you do it? Mary was like, oh, they picked – Honestly, I Love You by Olivia Newton-John is their wedding song. That puts them in the 14-month range. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to think of those songs, people. We're not playing around. Yeah. So we then go to the Copeland wedding where Mary is feeding a best man his speech through her headset. And Francine is there to see her work. And she's very impressed by, like, by how smooth that was. And is like, oh, my God, my fiance, Eddie, would die over this wedding. He should be here by now. And then Mary says, oh, it's okay. Most grooms are NID, not into details. So that's when Francine introduces Mary to her parents, who are also very impressed with Mary's work. And Mr. Donnelly is like, you know, you give my daughter whatever she wants. And the mom is like, by the way, I'll be faxing over a list of songs that I will perform at the wedding. Oh, my gosh. And Fran is like, mother, first of all, we've not even hired her yet. Second of all, you will not be singing at my wedding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Penny comes over to Mary with a problem and Mary introduces her to the Donnellys before telling her that she needs to go over to the office to prepare the Murdoch file. And they are very impressed. And I was like, is that like Rupert Murdoch? Like, I assume that that's the implication. The name yeah, yeah. Okay. So Mr. Donnelly asks Mary, you know, what she envisions for the wedding. And she's like, hmm, like, off the top of my head and just like dives right in. She's like, <laughs> I see night, DeBose Botanical Gardens, white silk tents that are thin enough to see the stars, candlelight, wedgwood, exotic origin trees imported from Bali. And then they're like totally entranced. Mm-hmm. So after the wedding, Mary is walking down the street and calls Jerry to tell her that she nailed it, but... The Donnellys want the wedding in three months. Insane. Yeah, what? I guess when you have money, you can do that. But like, Jesus Christ. It's a lot of things to plan for sure. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need like a whole team. I feel like people get invited to a wedding like three months ahead of time. Yeah, you need to give people notice. But I, I guess if you're like that important, people will just like drop anything. But I don't know, man. So <laughs> as Mary is crossing the street, her heel gets stuck in a manhole cover. And so she's trying to, you know, get her heel out. This cab driver who is eating an ice cream cone while he's driving, like, drops the ice cream. So he, you know, bends down to pick it up, ends up bumping into a dumpster, which starts rolling down this hill towards Mary. So she does the responsible thing, which is step out of her shoe to avoid being hit by this dumpster. But then is like, oh, not my new Gucci shoe and runs over to try and save it. I, I think I would go back. <laughs> I do think I would. I would, you know, not want to get hit by the dumpster, but I would be like, I need to get that shoe back. I guess I would just be hoping that like the wheel of the dumpster doesn't go over the shoe. Yeah. Which is like pretty possible. I think I would probably leave it. But what if the dumpster itself doesn't clear the shoe? Then no more shoe for me. I think I would even try to like push the dumpster out of the way, like like push it to the side. I don't know. I'm telling you, if I spend that much money on shoes, yeah. I'd be like, not not today. <laughs> yeah, I guess I just like don't really spend much money on shoes, so it's like not something that really occurs to me. I feel like I spend more money on like I don't know useless stuff. So. <laughs> This little humidifier I got for my room. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I must get a new rack to put all my pots and pans in, which I just just did uh, yesterday. So <laughs> nice, nice. Anyways, she yeah, she's trying to get her shoe free. It's not happening. A man standing nearby sees her and sees the imminent disaster. Oh yeah. So he runs over and pushes Mary out of the way at the very last second. So. He is on top of her and he's like, are you okay? And she's like, my, my shoe, shoe, my shoe. <laughs> and he's like, it's in your hand. And he's like, you know, are you experiencing dizziness, nausea, trouble breathing? And she's like, I am having trouble breathing. But then again, you are on top of me cutting off my air supply. And he's like, you don't appear to have a concussion. And she's like, why are you still on top of me? <laughs> so he helps her up and She's like, you saved my shoe, my life. And he studies her. Then she says, you smell like sweet red plums and grilled cheese sandwiches and like immediately passes out. <laughs> so he picks her up. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Good old Matthew McConaughey to the rescue. Just a Southern gentleman. So Mary wakes up in a hospital bed with a bunch of kids like, all up on her being like, is she paralyzed? Like, oh. Tell me you don't like kids without telling me you don't like kids. <laughs> Those fucking kids all up, all in, up her in her business. Well, it just would be jarring. You like last no, thing you pass out on the street and you wake up and there are like children being like, hello, in your face. I'd be hello, like, governor. <laughs> I feel like what the fuck is going on? Um, Yeah, so she's wearing a neck brace and that's when – Dr. McConaughey comes in. He sends the kids out to go get her like 20 cc's of Yoohoo <laughs> and introduces himself as Steve Edison. He is the supervising pediatrician at the hospital. Mm -hmm. So he's like, yeah, your x-rays are fine. We're just waiting for your CAT scan to be processed and then you'll be good to go. So then she notices that he has like a brace 
on his like hand and it was an injury from saving her and she's like Ugh. oh my god wow so she goes into steve's office to like i guess get her um cat scan results and fixes her hair she puts on some lip gloss then steve comes back in and says her cat scan is all clear so she points to the frame behind him and she's like oh that's a pretty modern girlfriend you've got there. Like, because he says something about her being modern or I, I like yeah. can't even remember. Um, and Steve is like, oh no, that's my sister. So Penny shows up in a panic and she's like, oh my God, Mary, are you okay? And then she notices the super hot doctor and she's like, cuckoo, gotcha. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> And Penny's like, oh, you must work long hours and asks if he works tonight. And he's like, no, I don't. And she's like, well, that's perfect because me and Mary were going to go to an outdoor movie night at Golden Gate Park and you must join us. Like you have to come. I, I've actually been thinking about getting into the medical profession. And so mm. I would love to, you know, pick your brain. <laughs> and Mary is like, please leave this man alone. But um, he actually is like, oh, um, yeah, I would love to, like, assist you, and I'm free. Like, I love movies. Yeah. Let's let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. So at the park, Penny and Mary are, like, arguing while he goes to get them drinks, and Mary is like, do not leave me alone with him. And Penny is like, no, it's time for you to get over Keith, her ex. Mm -hmm. Like, you're doing this. He's a cute doctor. You're doing this. So Steve comes back with their snacks and drinks, and then Penny suddenly remembers that she has to go for this fucking insane excuse, excuse that, like, never <laughs> ends. Or it's like, I have to go because my sister's godmother's best friend's daughter needs help faxing something before she goes to her brother's wife's cousin's yeah. something. Like, ridiculous. And so promptly dips out of there. And that's when um, a man, Bert, who you may recognize from the Scrabble Club, comes over and is like, oh, Mary, your reserved seating. So cute. Yeah, brings them over to this fallen tree with a little blanket set up on it. And he's like, I'll see you at Scrabble practice. So as they sit down together, he's like, Scrabble practice? What's up with that? And she's like, I know it sounds lame, but I am part of the Bay Area Scrabble Club. You know, it's pathetic, I know. He's like, yeah, it is pathetic. And they have some, like, banter back and forth. And he asks how she got into Scrabble. And she talks about how when her parents first moved here from Italy, they joined a Scrabble Club to learn English. And her, when her mom died, her dad became obsessed with the game and got married to play with him, too. So as they wait for the movie to start, Steve starts picking through his M&Ms and he throws all the colored ones on the ground. And he's like, yeah, I only eat the brown ones because they have less artificial coloring. You know, chocolate's already brown. That's not true. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I remember he's watching like, this I'm a as a kid. Yeah. I remember watching this as a kid and being like, oh, yeah, that's so true. And then my brother was like, no, if anything, the brown ones are the least healthy because it's all the food coloring mixed together to make brown because it's like the candy coating. The candy coating itself is yeah. white. They still have to dye it. So, Dr. Steve, you are misinformed. Get your facts straight. Mm -hmm. 
So he asks her where one would go to see a Scrabble match, but the movie starts and they watch two tickets to Broadway together. And he says, this is the coolest thing he's ever done in the city. As the song, The Closer You Are, plays on the screen, Mary asks him to dance. And he's like, yeah, wow, I haven't danced in quite some time. And Bert comes up and he's like, if a girl asks you to dance, you dance. Good old Bert. So Steve, of course, agrees. They walk over to where all the other couples are dancing. And she asks where he learned to dance like this. And he says, ballroom class. And uh, Mary goes, oh, so you're gay. And I'm like, dear Lord. So he basically talks about how his mother put him in ballroom classes when he was eight because she wanted him to be the next Fred Astaire. Mm -hmm. Moe's note says, I'm unwell. He's so endearing. (laughs) I did find him endearing until I found out. Yeah. Yeah. He is like lovely and charming at this point, especially like, wow. What a lovely doctor saves a woman's life. Mm-hmm. Go to the movies, have a little dance. Beautiful rom-com meet cute. So, you know, he talks about how his mom wanted him to be the next Fred Astaire, but he wanted to be Marcus Welby. And she's like, yeah, I think he might be a bit of both. And he's like, oh, shucks, ma'am. You're going to make me blush. Ah! <laughs> she asks about how his thumb is doing. And he says, it's never been better. Aww. So they continue to dance. There's like some very sweet chemistry between them. And she tells him that her next Scrabble match is on Saturday at the Northside YMCA. It's going to be the event of the season. Maybe you should come. And then he's like, maybe you shouldn't step on my foot. I was like, this took a weird turn. I did think that was <laughs> yeah. a weird line. I was like, guys, editing. Yeah, editing. yeah. It uh, doesn't really flow, but she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And he's like, it's fine. Just don't do it again. And she's like, well, don't tell me what to do. But that's just kind of cute. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. They have like this eye contact. They're getting closer and closer. They're literally about to kiss when it starts raining. Classic downpour uh, immediately. So everyone has to run out of the rain. The next day or a couple days later, Mary is at a Greek wedding and Penny is like dodging plates being thrown at her head. And a lot of breaking of China. They're like oompa. And Francine is with Mary trying to discuss wedding details. But Mary kind of has her head in the clouds. And Penny is just like, you can't throw plates at the fucking Ritz Carlton. And she ends up telling Francine about her night with the doctor. And Francine Fran, Francine, Fran, let's call her Fran, Mm -hmm. says it sounds like a fairy tale, but Mary says she's been so out of the dating world. And she's like, you know, those who can't wed, plan. So Penny rushes over and asks Mary for help. Mary is still like on cloud nine though. And she's like, you know, if you can't beat him, join him. And like smashes a plate. And Penny's Mm. like, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy, like, to hear that you hit it off with Steve and, like, drops the plates because she's so surprised. (laughs) And then she gets carried off by all the groomsmen. Opa. So the next day, Mary brings one of her couples to sign up for some dance lessons. And she actually peeks in on the lesson when she hears that uh, Basil, the teacher, will actually be there. And that's when she runs into Fran, who had to, like, change from the 
the other class like the next day. So she's like, oh my gosh, perfect timing. Mary, you can finally meet my fiance, Eddie. Eddie? Eddie turns around. Yeah, guess again, bitch. It's fucking Steve. Fucking Steve. Steve is Eddie. Steve Edison? Come on. Yeah. Mary is shocked, but like tries to, you know, pretend that they don't know each other. Don't know how Fran doesn't clock this, but whatever. She gets a phone call from her dad, but like the reception is so bad. So she's like walking around the room. She ends up having to like go into the hall to take it. And that's when the dance teacher, Basil St. Mosley, played by Fred Willard, rest in peace, comes in to start the class. And since Fran has to take her call, she urges Mary to partner up with Steve, much to her chagrin. Yes. The dance. The tango. (laughs) So as they dance, and they look amazing. Oh, yeah. I love her dress in this scene. It's so pretty. Mm Mm-hmm. Mary is like, so you told me your name was Steve. And he's like, my last name is Edison. Fran calls me Eddie. It's a nickname. And Mary is like, how about common, sleazy, cheating? And he starts to speak and tells her if she's thinking and like trails off. And Mary is like, uh, what I'm thinking involves a machete and a pair of pliers. Mm. So they – ramp up in intensity, they continue dancing, and Steve tells her uh, that the day he saved her, he was running late, and he was actually going to meet Fran and the wedding planner, which turned out to be her. And Mary tells him that he didn't show because he doesn't really want to get married. Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She sees it all the time, and he's like, what do you see? And Mary is like, why did you tell Fran that you saved an old lady? to which he has no response and she's like exactly and mary tells him that he thinks he wants to get married but he's just looking to get some hot pepper wherever he can and steve slash eddie starts defending himself and he's like i have no idea what you're talking about i love the movies and have the night off and she's like you know you're trying to throw throw me off your scent and he said (laughs) Well, you actually told me I smell like red plums and grilled cheese sandwiches before you fainted. And he's like, if anyone was trying to get some hot pepper, it was you. And she's like, you're hideous. And he's like, if that's true, why do you ask me to dance? And she's like, I didn't. Anyway, I'm not the one who's engaged. And he tells her it was a dance. It didn't mean anything. And when he says that, you could tell she's, like, visibly taken aback. Oh, yeah. Because even though it's, like, a bad circumstance, she did have an amazing time with him. And it just sucks to hear that, like, that rejection. So Like, oh, that didn't mean anything to me. It's like, well, fuck, Jesus. Sorry. (laughs) Might as well just kill me. Mm -hmm. So she asks him if that's true. Then why did he almost kiss her? Mm-hmm. And then Basil is like, this is like amazing and like touts Mary and Steve in front of the whole class. He's like, they have the dance down. Francine finally comes back from her phone call and she's like, okay, we need to meet up. Yeah. So outside the class, Francine tells them that she got a call from her dad and she's like, I don't know why I didn't think about it before, but we should have our wedding at a vineyard. 
and is like, oh, I made an appointment for us to go and visit this weekend. We'll drive up on Friday. Sorry, Eddie, you're going to have to miss work. And he's like, no, no, no. I have a diverticulitis seminar on Friday. I've been really looking forward to. And she's like, okay, fine. Saturday, which is the day of the Scrabble tournament. Yeah. Which I like didn't even really realize until later on. I was like, oh, yeah, that's Saturday. She misses it. Yeah. So Steve is like, well, Mary, thank you so much for everything. We'll let you know how it goes. And Fran is like, "Uh, excuse me, Mary's coming with us, obviously. She's the wedding planner, babes. Yeah. So the next day, Mary tells Penny that she is going to go and quit the Donnelly account. And Penny is like, are you kidding me? No, 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 no. There's only one good reason to quit a wedding. And that is if you break the cardinal rule and there is no way that you fell in love with the groom. And Mary's like... Well, actually, and Penny is like, no, you didn't. And Mary explains to her that Dr. Steve is the groom, and now she is saddled with planning his wedding. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Steve is talking to his friend, Dr. John. Who we never see again the whole movie. Yeah, sure. (laughs) And he's like, so the woman from the dumpster is my wedding planner. And he's like, oh, that's perfect. Now you can set me up with her. And he's like, no, this is complicated enough. Cut back to Penny telling Mary that she is one of the best wedding planners in this metropolis. And Steve got her to open up again, like thank the bastard and move on. Dr. John asks Steve if he thinks it's a mistake to marry Fran. And Steve is like, no, it's not a mistake. Fran is great. But what if what I think is great? actually isn't as great as something greater. Mm. And I'm like, you played yourself. Like, you clearly don't want to get married. If you're having these doubts, be honest, you're out. Meanwhile, Penny is still talking with Mary, and she tells her that she will go through with the wedding because she deserves the partnership. And Mary says she's right. Back at golf, Dr. John tells Steve that his feelings for Mary are natural, like it's just anxiety And Steve is like, yes, that's it. It's just anxiety. My feelings for Fran run deep. It was just one dance. Meanwhile, Mary is like, I can treat that jackass like any other faceless groom. That's just what I'm going to do. Why? Because he's nothing. Because I love a challenge. And because I am a goddamn professional. And back at golf, Dr. John asked Steve if he's going to give him Mary's number. And he's like, no. (laughs) So later on, as they're driving to the vineyard, Fran says that she thought they had everything covered. But, oh, my God, her and Eddie don't have a wedding song. Oh, my gosh. Actually, well, growing up, I always thought that my wedding song was going to be You Give Me Something by James Morrison. I remember hearing it when I was like 11 and I was like, this is my wedding song. But I don't know if that's still the case. Phil and I have talked about this in depth and um, we had one song that he was like obsessed with and he was like, this is it. Like this is reserved (laughs) for me. Like no one can use this song. Mm. And then we started listening to a lot of Lou Reed And I don't know if everyone who's listening knows this, but Lou Reed actually had a longtime partner who was trans and in a lot of his songs, you know, writes about her Mm -hmm. and their love. And it's like really beautiful. Like his love songs are so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And um, Satellite of Love, I think, is an amazing 
beautiful song. Oh my gosh, I'll have to listen to it after we finish recording. Absolutely, yeah. I recommend to anyone. And so theoretically, mm-hmm. we've been like, yeah, that's the song that we would want as the wedding song. Do you want to do live music, DJ? We've actually talked about how it would be amazing to have a live band. Like, Yeah, I also want a live band. Yeah. Yeah. As long as they're, you know, good and they have a good repertoire, like, I think a live band would be incredible. Oh, yeah. I want, like, a big, like, like a big brass band or a big, like, swing band. I think that would be so fun. Would you do, like, a period wedding or is that too much? It wouldn't be, like, a a full-on period wedding, but I think it would have a lot of, like, vintage elements. Yeah, I could totally see that. Yeah, like, just something that feels really timeless is kind of what Mm -hmm. I'm going for. So I don't want it to feel, like... We're in the 1940s, see? Like, not that. Women can't read. (laughs) Yeah. Not trying to go for that, but just, like, a lot of more, like, timeless, classic elements. Yeah. Like, when I think of my dress, I want something kind of like Charlotte's second wedding dress in Sex and the City when she marries Harry. Huh. Because her first wedding dress is, like, a big poofy ball gown, and that's, like, not really my vibe. I just want something that's, like, seamless and, like, beautiful with, like, some vintage like a vintage, more vintage silhouette. I think that's also just like more suitable for my like personal style. I'm trying to see, is this the one you're talking about? Yes, that one. That's so pretty. I could see you in something like that with like a veil. I could Mm -hmm. see you with like, I would consider this like a bigger veil where it's kind of like, you know, draped Mm -hmm. over. I really love the veils that have like the lace trim, like the Italian ones. I think those are really beautiful. So, yeah, something like that. I don't really want a big ball gown. I'm not really into, like, the mermaid shape. I don't want strapless because I just don't want to deal with that on my wedding day. I feel like I have to constantly be adjusting. I don't want anything that I have to be adjusting, you know? Totally. Anyways, that's just an insight into my wedding whenever it happens. (laughs) What are you going to do now that the boathouse is closing? Well, I don't want to get married at the Central Park boathouse. I want to get married at the Prospect Park boathouse. I thought it was the Prospect Park one. That's closing. No, it was the Central Park one that you sent me. Oh, really? Fuck. Well, I'm glad. I mean. I I mean, let me double check. Oh, yeah, it is. It's the Central Park one. Yeah, yeah. Well, good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's why I sent it to you. I thought it was the other one. No, no. It is shocking to me that they would close the Central Park boathouse because, like, surely there's demand to get married there. I wonder if with COVID, it's just changed the landscape. Yeah. Because they cited maintenance fees as like the reason why it's closing. Right, right. But anyways, I guess we should get back to the movies. So annoying. But Fran basically says that she bought this wedding compilation CD for them to potentially pick a song from. They go through a couple of them. And and let me tell you. (laughs) If you have to buy the compilation CD, yeah, there's no song that might be a little special for your relationship. Mm-mm. I don't know about that. Yeah, I'm a little concerned. Unless you're just people who aren't really into music. But but like nothing, no song where you're like, oh, I really love this song. Instead, you got to be like, ooh, groovy kind of love. You fill up my senses. Like, yeah. But anyways, they eventually get to I Love You by Olivia Newton-John. And Fran is like, oh, my God, I love this song. This is so perfect. And Steve is like, yeah, it's a great song. I honestly love <laughs> And Mary in the backseat is like, oh, my fucking God. So Fran turns to Mary and she's like, what is it? 
is it not a good song? And Mary's like, no, no, it's a, it's a great song. I think it's perfect. How professional. Yeah. So Fran is then like, oh my God, Mary, speaking of love, I've been meaning to ask whatever happened with that guy that you danced with. And Steve is like swerving the car like crazy. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, there's a deer back there. Did you see that? It was crazy. (laughs) Fran's like, okay, anyways, uh, what happened? And Mary just says that it didn't work out. And Fran asks how that's possible because she saw her three days later and she still had stars in her eyes. And smug little fucking Eddie in the front seat is like, what now? And then Mary is like, well, actually, it turns out he was a groom of one of the weddings that I was planning. I can't believe Fran just was totally like, <laughs> oh, that's so awful. Yeah. She's like, oh, my God, I would hate to be a single woman with all those creeps running around there. I don't know how you do it. And Mary's just like, mm-hmm, you're very lucky. <laughs> So they get to the vineyard and walk through the gardens and Massimo fucking shows up with his little goggles around his neck and juts over to Mary out of the blue. And Fran is like, oh my gosh, who is this? And Massimo's like, I'm Mary's fiance. (laughs) And Steve is taken aback. He's Mm. a little smug piece of shit right now. And he introduces himself and Fran is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you didn't tell us you were engaged. And the man taking them around who obviously knows Mary because she's been planning weddings for a, lo- mm-hmm. a while um, congratulates her. And he's like, oh, my gosh, it's finally your turn after all the weddings you've planned here. And he suggests they do something special this weekend to celebrate. And Mary tells them it's not necessary And Steve is like, it is because she's finally gone and found that somebody to be honest and faithful to forever. And no matter what, (laughs) and Massimo hugs Mary and she tells Bernard that they are ready for the tour now. And Massimo like pulls Steve aside and he's like, oh no, that's like the, the woman will plan the wedding. Like, let's go do manly things. The manly bonding. Yeah, the manly bonding. And Steve is like, okay, yeah, sure. We'll let the brides do their thing. And Fran tells Mary, like, he's so cute. What I don't understand, I mean, Fran very quickly lets go of the fact that, like, Mary was supposedly cheating on her fiancé. Yeah, I don't get that either. And also, why does Mary just be like, no, this is not my fiancé. We are not engaged Mm -hmm. at any point. Because later on, when... Uh, Steve asks about Massimo. She's like, yeah, we're not engaged anymore. And I'm like, just say you were never engaged. What is the disconnect here? Yeah, I don't know if she's like, if it's just like a family thing, like she doesn't want to be disrespectful Mm. to what her dad is trying to do. Right. But it it does leave a little, some holes in the story for Mm -hmm, sure. mm -hmm. So as Steve and Massimo walk off, Steve asks Massimo how long he's known Mary, and he's like, oh, since way before she got breasts, she used to look not so good. (sighs) And that's when he notices a fitness center. He's like, come, come, we do the bonding. So they go into the gym. Massimo starts running on the treadmill. They're both wearing, like, jeans also. It's very weird. Mm -hmm. And Steve is like, oh, man, like, I got to keep pace with this guy. So they both start running on the treadmill. And Massimo is just, like, a little, like, quick whippersnapper. Like, (laughs) 
he's just sprinting away and Steve, Steve is, is like dripping in sweat. <laughs> sweating buckets. So the women are in the garden having lunch and they're joined by Fran's parents. And her mom is such oh a weeno. She's like, oh, sorry, we're late. We passed seven vineyards on the way over here. All Three you can drink. Yeah, yeah, all you can drink. And um, meanwhile, Steve and Massimo are continuing this like battle and doing chin-ups. And he's like, that was 66. And he's like, yeah, I'm on 66 too. <laughs> So Mary walks them through the garden, and once Fran's dad hears that another, like, society lady got married there, he's like, this place is out. I'm not following in anyone's shoddy footsteps. We need something bigger and better. And they turn and see Steve and Massimo wrestling in the garden. Men are exhausting. I just... I, just, <laughs> I know. It's like children. Mm-hmm. So then we cut to a little horseback ride. The Donnelly parents singing away, having a blast, probably blackout. And uh, Fran tells Mary that she's actually starting a nonprofit pediatric foundation and she wants Steve to head it up and like be the CEO. And Mary is very surprised to hear that Steve would want to give up his patients. Mm -hmm. And Fran says he does. He just doesn't know it yet. He has a hard time leaving people behind and always does the right thing. So, you know, lots of problems here. Yeah. So Fran then yells to her mom to stop singing and she sings even louder. She does like a Kristen Chenoweth like, oh, which spooks Mary's horse who starts galloping off. Mary has the picnic basket, so food is flying all over the place. Yeah. And it starts galloping away, very reminiscent of um, Kirstie Alley's character in It Takes Two. Ooh, so yeah. true. I I thought you were going to say Bridgerton. Uh, also reminiscent of Bridgerton, yeah. When I found out that – I can't remember the actor's name. Who's the romantic lead in the second season? Oh, Anthony. I was like, obviously, you know, good for you. Do you? I was like, devastated. <laughs> Personally devastated. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great act. I mean. Oh, so talented. Yeah. Their chemistry off the mm. charts. Yeah. Because the first season, I'm like, yeah, like, obviously yeah. there's romance. Obviously, they, they end up, you know, sleeping together and all of that. Mm. But I was like. The second season mm -hmm. is steamy. It's a pot of boiling fucking water. Mm -hmm. If you prefer season one of Bridgerton, I'm a little worried about you. Um, <laughs> because in season two, okay, so season one, what's really holding this couple together is like lust, right? Like we don't really see any specific reasons why Daphne and Simon fell for each other. Mm -hmm. Whereas... In season two, you can see exactly why these two particular people fell in love with each other. Oh, yeah. They're like mm -hmm. two peas in a pod. Yeah. Yeah. And the chemistry is just mm -hmm. – it's delicious. I love a slow burn num, num, so num, num, much. Num, num, num. I'm yeah. like, mm, amazing. Uh, yeah. Anyways, so <laughs> – Steve rides after Mary. He finally catches up to her and he actually like pulls her off of her horse onto his as they're riding, which is very impressive. I was enthralled. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. So 
they reunite with the others and Fran is like, okay, Steve, you have to ride back with Mary. Make sure she's okay. And uh, drunk Mrs. Donnelly is like, it's a good thing I had the wine. So they still have wine. Yes. No cheese, though. <laughs> or fruit or any of yeah. the other things that fell out of that basket. <laughs> so they ride back. And as they ride back, Mary sits on the horse. Steve is, like, walking alongside it. And she thanks him. And he says, no problem. And she's like, well, you don't have to be all smug about it. And he's like, Okay. You get pissed at me for being engaged, but you have a fiance. Like, and now you're calling me smug. We all know that she doesn't have a fiance. But yeah, which for some reason she doesn't say in this moment. <laughs> yeah. Mary is like, listen, I've been doing this a long time, and I can actually predict down to the week how long a couple will last. And she mentions that Fran has chosen Teal for her bridesmaids, and her last bride who chose Teal got an annulment in 12 days. And honestly, I love you for your wedding song. Good freaking luck. <laughs> and Steve is like, okay, you want a confession? You you want me to like confess? Mm. At the movie, I was attracted to you. Maybe I was a little unsure about the marriage, but bottom line, I never thought I'd see you again and nothing happened. And now more than ever, I know Fran is the one for me. And all of the theories on love sound like rantings of a bitter and cynical woman. And then just Massimo comes up with his wine riding a horse and starts singing. Yeah, it's a pretty harsh thing to say uh, about someone being like, you're just a bitter, cynical woman. Yeah, single, spinstress, yeah. whatever. Yeah, I can die alone, loser. It's like, okay, God. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, jeez. So they all drive back to the city, followed by Fran's parents in their limo, continuing to drink copious amounts of wine, yeah. and Massimo on his Vespa. With his goggles on. I was finally, yeah. I was glad, though, to see that the goggles were for something mm -hmm. and not just, like, an accessory. <laughs> yes. It's like, I love a steampunk. <laughs> Welcome to the Greatest Movie of All Time podcast, the show that uses a unique grading style to redefine what the greatest movies are. I'm Tom Duncan. And I'm Dana Duncan. Have you ever wondered why a particular movie is considered one of the greatest of all time? Such as, why do people talk about Citizen Kane as this great all-time American classic? Well, using our patent-pending Stanley rubric, we've judged dozens of films on their legacy, their impact, their significance, their novelty, their classicness, their rewatchability, and then, to allow you to all have a say, we've even included some audience scoring from a few reputable places. Yes, we've covered some great classics so far on the show, including Raiders of the Lost Ark, Casablanca, Back to the Future, Jaws, Roman Holiday, Iron Man, Caddyshack, and many, many more. If you've ever wondered how Pretty Woman would be compared to Jurassic Park, we've talked about both, and have their individual scores on our site. Join my dad and I every Wednesday for a brand new episode as we explore a new classic movie and see how it stacks up against the rest. Just a few of the movies we're talking about this season include Singing in the Rain, The Godfather, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, and Hoosiers. You won't want to miss out, so subscribe to the Greatest Movie of All Time podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 
it's completely free to you. Or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok at Gmote Podcast. So at home, Mary is very suddenly woken up by her dad measuring her body for her wedding dress. Come on, dad. He's a good dad. He's just like, Mm -hmm. oh my goodness. It is made like slightly less weird by the fact that he is a tailor. Oh yeah, he Um, is a tailor. Like it's not creepy, but he's just like eager McBeaver. Absolutely. So Mary's like, what the fuck are you doing? And he like pulls a wedding dress out of Mary's closet and is like, oh, we can finally get rid of this now. And at first I thought it was like her mother's wedding dress or something. Oh, I know what you're going to say. But it's it's later revealed that she was engaged previously. So it Mm -hmm. is the wedding dress she was going to wear for her own wedding. Yeah, I thought that too. I, I definitely thought it was her mother's. Yeah. So Mary is like, what the fuck? I'm not getting married. This is like the blind date that wouldn't end. And her dad said, oh, Massimo's right. You're just frightened by your attraction to him. And Mary says that her dad can't just push some guy on her. And he actually reveals that he didn't meet Mary's mother until the day of their wedding. What? It turns out they had an arranged marriage. He was in love with another girl. And Mary's mom wanted nothing to do with this guy. But one day, he got scarlet fever. And she stayed by his side and took care of him. And... What shocks me, he says, for the first time, I appreciated her. And it's it's implied this is like a couple years in at least. So I'm like, you never once appreciated anything about the woman before she took care of you? I bet he was also like bitter that he didn't get to marry the woman he loved. Probably. Uh, yeah. I mean, from what we understand from Mary's point of view, like she would have never guessed it was an arranged marriage. Yeah, because yeah. They had such an incredible love and respect for each other. Yeah. And I do think it's interesting. Like, I I really don't – like, I don't I, – I personally don't want to shit on anyone's culture about mm. arranged marriages. Like, yeah. I do think from what I've heard that having an arranged marriage can actually be really great to get to know someone and mm. – which I'm sure is the case, like, if unless they're really an awful person, but – yeah get to know them and like really grow with them and kind of just like lean into learning to be with each other and yeah like forming a partnership yeah and building like that respect and then going into building like a life together and loving each other so Mm -hmm. yeah but he says you know that that appreciation grew into respect which grew into like which grew into love a deeper love than he could have ever hoped for oh So he asks her to give Massimo a chance, saying that she might love him later. And Mary is definitely, like, very shocked by this revelation. And her dad is like, oh, maybe I should have told you sooner. You might feel differently about love. And Mary just says she doesn't feel anything about love. So she is, like, boom, boom, closed off. Yeah, closed off. No, No vulnerability found here. So Mary, Fran, and Steve go to the park. Um, they are location scouting. And Mary says that they would be the first to be married here. Like no one has ever been married at this park before. And I'm sure it's 
insanely expensive to oh i'm sure like rent out this i mean i don't really know the parks in california but it looks Mm -hmm. like a a pretty well-known popular Mm -hmm. park yeah so it would almost be like getting married in central park you know yeah and like not at one of the venues they have to create everything from scratch yes yeah exactly and mary's like what do you think and fran is in but steve wants to keep looking so she's like, okay, I'm going to give you a moment to talk it over. And Steve is hesitant, but Fran gives him like a pouty face and he immediately gives in. And mm-hmm. Fran is like, oh, see how good he is to me. Like, I love him so much. And then Fran says, Steve and Mary will have no problem planning the wedding while she's gone. And they're like, hold on, wait a minute. What? She's like, I have to fly back east for some company stuff. Like, it'll only be a week crucial time when you you have a three-month planning period right it is also wild to me that that means this movie does span three months it feels like it spans two weeks i agree well i think that definitely like there are days that pass but it's not like shown it's like you can't really tell yeah and then Later on in the film, I think there's, like, a clear break where there's, like, a lot of wedding planning going on and it kind of jumps. Yeah, there's, like, a montage. Yeah. Yeah. Which is probably, like, a month-long period. Right. That's what I was thinking. So the next thing we know, we go to a sculpture garden where Steve and Mary are there to pick out some statues per Fran's request. And Steve actually talks about how he always pictured having a small, intimate beach wedding. For himself, which is yet another red flag in the relationship. <laughs> I yeah. Also, like the way he describes it is quite romantic. He's like the mm-hmm. cool, salty breeze, but I'm like the sand in my shoes. I know. As somebody who hates the beach, I'm like this is my nightmare. I love the beach, but I think it's just too messy. Mm. Like everyone's pants would be like fucked up, and yeah, I do wonder what a beach wedding is like in in practice. I've never been to one. If you've had a beach wedding or been to one, mm-hmm. please let us know how it was. So Mary is kind of like, you know, touched by this sentiment. And Steve actually ends up picking out this statue of like a naked warrior. And he's like, oh, this is great. It's masculine. He's the protector. We should definitely pick this. And he ends up like leaning on it and knocking it over. So they have to very quickly pick it up while the security guard makes his way over. And that's when they see in the grass is the statue's uh, dick and balls, for lack of a better term. (laughs) And she's like, oh, my God, you castrated him. So they pick it up. She pulls out some crazy glue from her little tool belt. Mm -hmm. And Steve glues it back on, except he ends up getting his hand uh, stuck to it. With the crazy glue. Oops. So he's just copping a feel on the statue. And the security guard is like, sir, please take your hand off the statue. He pulls his hand off and uh, it's, yeah, it's still stuck to his hand. I think they, the excuse he makes is like, we're trying to find out if it's limestone or granite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when he pulls it off, he's like, see, I told you it's limestone. (laughs) Yeah. After um, Mary gets out her kit to remove this the super glue and Steve apologizes for calling her bitter and cynical and Mary apologizes for saying their marriage is doomed to fail and she tells him that he and Fran are great together 
and he says, so is she and Massimo. And he's like, we're not engaged any longer. It was my dad who's trying to push us together. And he asks why, and she tells him that probably because he was so happy with her mom. So they share like a moment as she's, you know, Q-tipping some solution on his hand and unsticking the penis. And Mary asks about Fran and he tells her um, she's like doing well on her trip and like they kind of change the subject. Mary gets the penis off and he offers it to her. (laughs) Why don't you keep it? (laughs) Yeah. He's like, it's such a nice day. And Mary agrees about the small wedding and says that's how she would do it too. Yeah, I did like this scene. I like that there was some sort of uh, apology on both of their ends for, I mean, more so from him for like, you know, the mean things that were said. Totally. So later on, at some point, Mary goes to her dad's house and she finds Massimo waiting while her dad is out running an errand. And Massimo asks if she is mad at him. And she's like, yeah, I'm mad at you and like lays into him about, you know, telling everyone that they're engaged and telling her dad that they're engaged and for never listening to her. And he is like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I won't bother you then. We can just be friends. And she's like, you really think we can just be friends? And he's like, yes, I'm so sorry for the trouble I've caused. I just want to be buddy buddy with you. I promise. And then he asks if she has plans for dinner because just as friends, just as friends. He wants to make her an American dish. Oh, my gosh. So he makes her some mac and cheese. They sit down. Mary is, like, meticulously folding her little napkin. And he's like, oh, you remind me of your mother. And she's like, you don't remember my mother. And he's like, yes, I do. I remember she had the same big smile, dark hair, and no nail on her little finger. And Mary is very surprised that he remembers this detail. The little details. Yeah. I love a man who has attention to detail. And uh, as Mary pointed out, most men are NID, not into details. Yeah. But Massimo is. So who's the better groom here? Fiance, huh? Yeah. I'm thinking Massimo, if you're (laughs) asking me. Does he have some problems with, like, listening at first? Absolutely. But – that changes by the end of the film. So yeah, I feel content with my choice. But Mary is like, yeah, I'm surprised you remember that. A brick fell on it when she was a kid and it never grew back. And Massimo's like, see, we have so much history together. Oh, my gosh. But he can see that she you know, has something brewing in that head. So he asks, what's on her mind? You know, they are friends after all. So do you tell? And she just says that she thought she could control everything, but she can't. She met someone, and she thought that he was, you know, dot, 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 but he's not. Mm. And she asks Massimo if he's ever liked someone, but the timing was way off. Like, you feel things that you shouldn't. Am I making sense? And he's like, yes, you make perfect sense. You long for him the way I long for you. Oh, Massimo. <laughs> I can't. He's so sweet. So he's like, you just need to learn patience. Love can't always be perfect. Love is just love. And Mary is like, wow, that's what my mom used to say. And he says, well, your mom was a very wise woman. 
never underestimate the power of like someone who either knows your parents or like is from the same place you grew up and like having that have an effect on you. Like I definitely feel closer to Phil because we are from the same hometown yeah, and have like very similar shared experiences, you know? I don't really know many people <laughs> who have my shared yeah. experience, so that's very foreign to me, but yeah. I just, I love Massimo. He's so sweet and so, at this point, he is like very respectful. He was not initially, but this is where he starts to become very respectful. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many days pass or yeah. what time it is, but <laughs> Mary and Steve go flower shopping um, Steve has really bad taste in like the mm. wedding flowers. He's like, what about this one? It's a literal bleeding heart. And she's like, that is the national funeral flower in Tibet. And he's like, okay, never mind. And she asks him how he met Fran. And Steve tells her the story. They met in college. Fran was a bookie. And she's <laughs> like, excuse me? And he's like, yeah, she single-handedly created an underground gambling rink at UC Berkeley and hosted a Vegas night out of her sorority house. She was just the coolest. I was the bookworm. She was the wild child. And she chose me. They continue to walk around and Steve suggests another flower. But Mary spots someone and she's like, oh my God, hide me. And she crawls under a couple of tables and like tries to avoid the sky, but he spots her. And Steve comes over to them and introduces himself. And he's like, oh, how do you guys know each other? No one wants to say anything. And Mary's like, why don't I start? Um, Keith was my fiance and I found him making out with Wendy, his high school girlfriend, on the night of our rehearsal dinner in my car yikes bikes pretty bad (laughs) yeah that's devastating i i too would probably be extremely closed off uh for a few years if that happened to me as well yeah after this incident mary proceeds to get very drunk and steve has to walk her home but she keeps like falling. She falls in the street. He has to help her up. He's trying to open her front door with like the millions of keys that she has. And she's just like pushing buttons, trying to get buzzed in. And she like talks to her neighbor. She's like, I'm Mary Fiore in B6. Oh, you wouldn't know me because I'm a control freak and I'm a workaholic. <laughs> and she just starts crying. And, like, slumps down on the ground. So Steve sits down with her and Mary cries about how Keith is married with a baby on the way. And he looked good. Oh. Finally, somebody opens the door for them. Steve picks her up, carries her in. It's actually the second time in the movie that he has carried her bridal style. He's a pretty strong guy, despite... Mm -hmm. Not being able to do as many pull-ups or run as fast as Massimo. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, he gets her up into the building. So they go into her apartment, and the next thing we see is Steve roasting marshmallows for Mary on a candle. This seemed kind of random to me. I was like, what? The weirdest thing, though, (laughs) there's a fireplace. Yeah. There's a fucking fireplace. 
I, I don't get weird. it. But I feel like there's a deleted scene somewhere that explains I agree. this. I think there is. Yeah. Yeah. So he roasts this marshmallow and tells Mary that Keith looked old and unhappy. And she says Keith always told her, you know, they were just friends, but deep down I should have known better. And she was just a stand in and tells him this anecdote about Wendy mm. who threw her bridal shower and it should have tipped her off because she was trying too hard. She made these like ice cubes with like um, mint strawberries and, berries, and mint or yeah. something. Yeah. And Mary says, it's a good thing I didn't marry him. But most of the time, I think that I just wasn't enough. And Steve says, no, she's wrong. Wendy is nothing but a poor man's Mary. And he brushes her hair out of her face. And, like, they share this look. Uh, It would be so cute if he wasn't fucking engaged. Because he's, like, looking at her with those eyes. And I'm like, you're falling in love with this woman, like, obviously. Falling in love. So... Let's end the engagement. engagement. Yeah. Yeah. But they break eye contact and he says he should go. And Mary tries to get up to walk him to the door, but she like trips and he has to study her. Mm. They make it to the door and she thanks him and says that she was a mess. And he's like, only a little, just drink a lot of water, sleep, aspirin, and a beer in the morning is the cure. So Steve leaves and Mary goes back to her couch, but... There's a knock at the door. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> so Steve is there and he's like, do you ever think about that night at the park? I barely know you. I don't know your dad's first name. I don't know if you ever wore braces or contacts or glasses. I have no idea how you came to be a wedding planner, Mary. But I know the curves of your face. I know oh. every fleck of gold in your eyes. And I know that night in the park was the best time I've ever had. And Mary, upon hearing this, is silent. And he's like, can you please say something? And she just goes, I'm a magnet for unavailable men. And I'm sick of it. Good for you, Mary. Good for you. Yes, I agree. Mm -hmm. And she says, it's simple. I know Fran. I respect her. And she loves you. So besides your tux measurements, that's all I need to know. Now please go away. Good for you, Mary. Don't entertain this. You gotta, even though it's hard, like I really do think, Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a movie, but if things are meant to be, they will be like, not even in a weird universe type of way, but just like, if he really loved you, he would, he would dissolve the problem he would resolve the issue yeah and i think that's something to keep in mind like i've definitely had like relationships or dating someone and it was clearly not the right thing Mm -hmm. and like making the difficult decision to like stop seeing them or Mm -hmm. break it off or whatever and you know what always happens the person later on is like i am sorry for what i did or like yeah reaches out again and it's like yeah, you knew what you're doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like if you're if you're at this point, you spent like a couple months with this woman, mm-hmm. seeing her like day in day out. You seem pretty clear on how you're feeling. 
you don't really seem to be that into your fiance, now is the time to make that decision. Yeah. The next day or week, however long, um, Mary goes into the office. One of her like coworkers is asking her some questions, but she like doesn't have the capacity to mm-hmm. provide a solution. And she walks into her office and Fran is there. It looks kind of like she just got off the plane. Like she has mm-hmm. like sunglasses on and like gloves on and stuff. And she's like, I came back early because I discovered something. I didn't want to see it. I tried to ignore the signs. And Mary is like, it's not what you think. Fuck. Literally. And Fran says, it's just, I can't go through with this wedding. I was in a meeting. <gasps> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was in a meeting and it hit me that this isn't going to work out. I can't stand the way he chews on pen caps or how he sings in the shower. And it drives me nuts how he lifts his left pant leg when he eats too much. And she says she's been with him for so long. She doesn't even know why they're together. And Mary sits her down. She is like really feeling, I'm sure, a whirlwind of emotions. Because, I mean, at this Mm -hmm. point she could be like, listen, if that's how you feel, we do not have to do it. Yeah. But she does what a good wedding planner does. So she sits down with her and tells Fran that she's exquisite. She's timeless. And she has the love of a man named Steve, a man who, while she was away, said to her, I can't believe she picked me. I can't believe I'm marrying the most incredible woman I've ever met. So that tells me this marriage of yours is not only going to work, but it's going to last forever. Uh, It's like... She should break it off, but also, mm-hmm. you know, it's not um, Mary's business to play a role in that. And then also it's like poor Fran. One thing that I did appreciate about this movie, because I feel like in a lot of rom-coms where we have this sort of like cheating love triangle situation is in order to make it like less immoral, I guess. They often make the girl like in the relationship – like awful she's mean and horrible and terrible so it's like that's what gets you to root for the couple by rooting against like the terrible awful girlfriend oh yeah but they don't they don't do that in this movie fran is wonderful she's super kind Mm -hmm. they're just like not the match yeah it's just like not the right couple but i do like that they don't villainize her but because of that i'm not really rooting for mary and steve Because I also am not really given much to go off of of where their connection comes from. Yeah, it's very unspoken. Mm. It's more of a feeling. Like, I think that's what it is. It's kind of like this fire in both of them as opposed to what he and Fran share, which is like memories and experiences. Yeah, I feel like I needed like one more scene between Steve and Mary where like, we see them bond over something mm-hmm. or just – I need something to really give weight to this relationship because it just feels very like surface attraction and like a chemical thing, which is just not enough for me to root for it Yeah, in the grand scheme, you know? But I am glad that they didn't villainize Fran because I think that's just like lazy. 
I agree. I think it would have been much more like a simple movie, mm-hmm. like nothing interesting. Yeah. Like what you mentioned about having more to go off of. Mm-hmm. If there was one other Easter egg where they had a shared um, opinion, like how they did about the small wedding, mm-hmm. if there was something else like that, I would have been nice to yeah. just see that they're really compatible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like even I think family would be a really great way to do it because Mary's family is very important to her. Like if his mother also died and like they had that common experience or like he had a very similar relationship to his father, like she does to her father, like that would be a really, I think, easy way to draw out that like compatibility between the two of them. Yeah. But all we really have to go off of is like chemistry and some banter that we saw at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, uh, yeah, it, it could have been more, it could have been better. But yeah, Fran does, you know, hear Mary's words, her little spiel, and it works on her. So she mm-hmm. thanks Mary and hugs her. So next up, we go to Mary's dad's house where they are all celebrating Bert's birthday. He blows mm-hmm. out his candles. Everybody is cheersing. And Massimo asks to make a toast. He wishes Bert a happy birthday. And he thanks Salvatore for welcoming him into his life. Then he goes into another room and emerges with a beautiful dollhouse. And he says, Mary, I know I never done the right thing. I never say the right thing. And I act like a fool. I know I say we just be buddy, buddy friends, but that would not be true to my heart. So I will ask you this one question, and if your answer is no, I will leave you alone once and for all. And he gets down on one knee, and he says, Be my wife, Mary Fiore, and I will take care of you and be true to you. And like this house I built for your dolls, I will make sure that you have a strong roof above your head. Oh my god. So, (laughs) He's just so sweet. Mary then notices that there is a ring in, like, one of the bedrooms in the dollhouse. How romantic. And he says, if your answer is yes, then no one will ever love you as much as I love you. If your answer is yes, you will make me the happiest man on earth. Oh, He is truly so sweet. I... The fact that he, like, built this dollhouse for her is so beautiful. It must have taken so much time. It's very intricate. It's also huge. Mm -hmm. And so she looks in the dollhouse. And, again, the attention to detail. Massimo has a little picture picture. of her mother. There's a picture of her mother. So sweet. It's so sweet. So she looks at the tiny photo of her mother in the dollhouse. She looks at Massimo. She turns around the Scrabble board that's on the table and spells out, okay. And Massimo kisses her. Yes. I know she's not feeling it, but I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. It's really a sweet proposal. Yeah. It's a nice, poor Bert, you know, his, his party is no longer yeah. at him, but I don't think he minds that <laughs> no. much. And I think that that intimate, just, you know, her father, her yeah. closest friends, and it's just a beautiful proposal. And the the difference between this speech and Steve's speech is that 
Moss Mills is about like building a life with her. Yeah. And like having a true partnership. Whereas Steve's is like, I know the curves of your face and like the flecks of gold in your eyes. And it's kind of about like what's attractive to him. So I'm just like, mm-hmm. it's not measuring up for me. Massimo's speech wins in my eyes. <laughs> that it does. So we get a time-lapse montage. We see the invites for the Donnelly wedding, Steve getting fitted for his tux, and um, Mary's dad, Salvatore, fitting Massimo for his tux. Fran looking at her wedding dress. Mary signs the partner contract and shakes hands with Jerry. Mm. And finally, Steve arrives at the park on the day of his wedding. At the wedding, Mary helps Fran with her dress. And Mr. Donnelly tells Mary that she did a great job. And she tells Fran to knock him dead. And Mrs. Donnelly is like, someone stole my lucky mic. I can't sing without my lucky mic. Good job, Mary. Yeah, (laughs) clearly Mary's doing Outside, all of the guests have arrived. The live band is playing. Inside, Fran is like alone at this point in her dressing room. She's looking at herself in the mirror. And Steve comes in, which is like Mm. shocking, right? Because you don't see the groom before the wedding. She tells him it's bad luck to see the bride before the wedding and he needs to go. And Steve asks her to go on a walk with him. Yes. Meanwhile, in the kitchen, Penny is freaking out because Mary is leaving. She's like, you cannot leave me to do this whole wedding by myself. And Mary says, you're totally fine. Besides, you can have my commission for this wedding, which is more than Penny makes in a year, which is crazy town. Yeah. So Penny doesn't understand why Mary is leaving. And Mary just says that there's somewhere she has to be. So as Steve and Fran go on their little walk... Steve asks her why she wants to marry him. And she is very taken aback. And she's like, you're scaring me, Steve. And he points out that she never calls him Steve. And she says, yeah, that's because you don't like it. And he's like, no, I actually never said that. So he asks her again why she wants to marry him. And she starts freaking out and is like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're going to dump me on my wedding day and starts to run off. And he basically says that the reasons that they were together in college don't hold up anymore. They're different now, and she knows that. And he says that if she really loves him, he'll put on this cummerbund, and they'll walk right over there and get married, which is a big claim. And she has this realization moment. She's just like, oh, my God, all those people. Mm -hmm. And Steve is like, you don't know half of them. This is just about you and me. Are you ready? And she's like, I just need a second. Oh, Fran. So they look at each other and he holds out a hand for her. And she just says, no, I don't want to get married. Yeah. Finally. Finally. (laughs) Meanwhile, Mary is in City Hall. She looks in the mirror, adjusts her veil, puts it over her face, and... She walks down the hall. She looks beautiful. Oh, yeah. She looks gorgeous. She has just a really um, classic – I don't really know how to describe it. Is it like off the shoulder? It's kind of like a boat neck. um, Okay. Neckline. Yeah. Slightly off the shoulder. And Mm -hmm. it's like pretty fitted. 
as well. And it's like tea length. And she has this gorgeous like old fashioned like hat on that her veil is like attached to. Mm -hmm. And we just see her, you know, walk down the hall. Back at the park, Fran asks how they let it get this far. And Steve says, I don't know. And she's like, what are we going to do? And he says, that's the beauty. We can do whatever we want. And Fran is like, I just haven't thought about what I want in so long. So Steve helps her into a cab and she drives off. And Penny, <laughs> poor Penny, she yeah. was running over and she's like, is that the bride? Like, is she coming back? And Steve is like, no. And Penny says that she's going to kill Mary for leaving her here. And Steve is like, wait, where's Mary? And she's like, she's at City Hall getting married. <gasps> so Steve just dips. He gets a cab, tells him, you know, head over to City Hall. And Penny's like, okay, perfect. So Mary walks into, you know, the office where her father and the judge are. They walk up to his table. Meanwhile, Steve, man's in bumper to bumper traffic. He's not moving. He asks the driver no. if there's a shortcut. Fun fact, same driver who hit that dumpster. He's back. So Steve just ends up getting out of the car, pushing the driver over and driving himself, gunning. Sure. Gunning to City Hall. So at City Hall, the judge starts to officiate the wedding and asks if anyone has just cause to oppose the matrimony. And the Scrabble Club are all looking at each other like, are you going to say something? Are you going to say something? Are you going to say something? And eventually, Salvatore says no. And the woman is like, thank God. And Bert's like, yeah, I object too. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> so Mary pulls her father aside and asks what's going on. And he says that looking into her eyes hurts his insides because this is what he wants, not what she wants. Mm -hmm. And she, Mary, she tells him that she's so lucky to have a father like him, but love isn't a fairy tale, and Massimo is a good man. She knows what she's doing. She's just all grown up now. And she actually looks over at Massimo, and he looks at her too. First of all, he looks super hot. But second of all, <laughs> he can, like, see in her eyes that this is, she's betrothed. You know, she her affections lie elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So Steve finally arrives at City Hall and sees Massimo and everyone outside the courthouse. And he asks Massimo if they got married. And he says, no, you know, Mary loves him. And I couldn't get in the way of true love. Oh, isn't that so sweet? So Salvatore asks if he got married. And Steve says, no. And he's like, you're in love and neither of you got married today. Why the hell are you talking to us? Steve runs off. Salvatore is like, I really like him. And I'm like, do you? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> and then my man Massimo, being the wonderful soul that he is, actually drives Steve on his Vespa. Mm -hmm. So they get to the park. Steve starts running through and he goes to that fallen tree, Mary's spot, where he sees her. Toss in the colored M&M's just to eat the brown ones. And he's like, oh, you only eating the brown ones. And she's like, oh, my God. <gasps> yeah. Someone once said that they had less artificial coloring because chocolate's already brown. And 
it kind of stayed with me. And he's like, you kind of stayed with me. And I was like, oh, God, that's so cheesy. You're so mad. You hate it. I don't like him. I know you don't. He's also just like not as attractive to me in this movie as he is in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Oh, my gosh. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. I'm taking off my glasses. You guys can't see it. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah. Really great. Super hot in that movie. So the bathroom scene that you hate and I love. I don't hate it. It's just there's one thing that takes me Why out of it. fucking put your arms up? It just makes me think of like a toddler. That's all. I hear you. I hear you. But the rest of the scene I do love. I do love. Anyways. Yeah. So he's like, you kind of stayed with me. And Mary asks where Fran is. And he says that she's in Tahiti on their honeymoon. Mm-hmm. They didn't get married because she needs to find her own life. And she's like, and you? And he says, and I want to dance with you. So they get up and Steve finally kisses her. It's very romantic. On screen, we see a bunch of recently married couples in the movie, um, What's it called? Flirtation. The flirtation walk. Flirtation walk, yeah. And we fade to black. The end. I really like this movie. I thought it was very sweet. I really liked that there wasn't the catty like animosity mm-hmm. between the between Fran and Mary and Yeah. I really like the Scrabble Club. I thought yeah. they were such good side characters. Yeah, it was just like a really fun watch. Like I would definitely watch this movie again. Yeah, I definitely – because I've watched this movie quite a few times like growing up. I liked it less this time because I was just paying more attention. I was like, Steve, you fucking suck. But (laughs) – I know, but he looks so handsome. Yeah, I do like McConaughey and glasses. I think that's uh, a cute touch. Oh, yeah, the kind of like um, nerdy look. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Yeah, I just, I feel like I needed a little more meat to it. Mm -hmm. I think I would have liked it a lot more, like I said, if we got more of why Mary and Steve have this connection. Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe we took up too much time with, like, other scenes that weren't really as juicy. Yeah. That could have, like, really beefed this movie up and it would have, I think, hit a little bit more for me. But... Newfound appreciation for Massimo in this watch, that's for sure. Yeah, we probably didn't need the scene even where, like, we do need a scene where she gets drunk after seeing Keith, Mm -hmm. but we don't need the business of them, like, getting into the building. They could have just gone straight up and then talked more. Mm -hmm. But I do have to say, as my personal preference, I do love that intuitive love that kind of, like, comes out of nowhere and you have these looks that are, like... Mm -hmm. You just kind of look in each other's eyes and feel so connected. So that was like, uh, I just felt like they had really good chemistry. Yeah. Yeah, they did have good chemistry. Yeah. I do agree that Massimo proved himself in the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I do have to say I am a Steve Edison gal. Yeah. I The only nasty thing I think he did was to go out with her initially. I was like, you shouldn't have done that. You have a fiance. Yeah, that was not cool, man. But yeah, I mean, I yeah, I liked that we didn't have to – there were some tropes that they didn't 
play into, which I thought was nice. Yeah. Because that would have, there's just so many cliches that are lazy that we didn't have to deal with in this movie, which was nice. I liked that Mary was very, like, steadfast and, like, bold and very, like, cut and dry. I thought that was a nice twist on what could have been, like, a more me, who, me type of character. And that made, like, when her and Steve are sparring in that dance scene, like, super uh, vibrant and and fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. So what would you rate it? I'm going to give it, like, a a 6.5. Yeah, I was going to say a 6 or a 7. Yeah. It's definitely... A good wedding movie I think I'll watch again, but it's it's not, like, my favorite mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, it's not one where I'm, like, God, fucking, like, this love story. I love it, you know? It's just kind of like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, enjoyable nonetheless. It's, it's good to, you know, throw on for a girl's night. It's a classic. The Wedding Planner. People really love it. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see the rest of our movies, though, because mm-hmm. I don't know how many I've seen, but I haven't seen a lot of them. So. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm pretty sure I've seen all of them. I can't remember the lineup off the top yeah. of the dome. Yes. I have seen all of them that we have picked, and then there are a couple that will be voted on that I have not seen. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So look out for the poll yeah. and what I would recommend personally, is putting on your like notifications for movies Mm -hmm. that raised us. So you can see when we put up, you'll see when we put up stories so you can vote. And then also just like our polls that we do and the like, Mm -hmm. you know, who wore, what should they wear and who do you cast like those fun polls and you can do them when they come up. And where can you do that? Oh my God. On our Instagram, it's movies that raised us. And you can follow us on tiktok at movies that raised us pod you can shoot us a good old-fashioned email movies that raised us at gmail.com and you can follow us on twitter at mtru underscore pod and you can join our patreon where our boom boom patreon movie just came out today easy a yes that was a blast to record oh yeah We simply could not shut up um, and recorded for like three hours. So there's lots of fodder. Like it's going to be so (laughs) quick. It's a 90 minute movie. Yeah. Lots to talk about. (laughs) Yeah. It's almost like getting two episodes in one. Truly, truly. Yeah. So join us on the, on the Patreon. You can hop in the discord. We can chat. You'll be on our close friends on Instagram. It's a great time. We'll get a movie montage song. Yeah, they're coming. I promise everyone who hasn't gotten it yet, they are coming. Yep. We're making our way through. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll see you next week for our next wedding movie. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina. And our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.